Welcome to another episode of Arthritic Bourbon Bikers. We're here in the garage and we have new digs. New digs. So we thought, hey, if we're going to be social distancing. Yeah, probably not six feet. but Not I'll... quite six feet, but I'll cough this way. <laughs> that we should set up something to have a little bit better uh, location to film in the garage. So we're still in the garage. You still might hear cars go by, birds chirping, all that stuff. But I uh, had some spare stuff laying around out there, and it's kind of dusty still. <laughs> but we built this portable table and kind of got a place to kind of do a little recording out here. So you're the first break-in session of this set if you're watching on video. If you're not, you're listening on the podcast. So know that we're trying to uh, change things up a bit. So what's the topic for the day? What do you want to talk about? Well... You know, I've been doing more thinking than actual writing. I was thinking about uh, things like carrying water. I was really impacted by that ride in Texas. Because there were some moments where I thought, you know, I know I don't have enough water. And I'm not sure, I'm not confident we're going to get where we need to be to get it. And uh, the terrain was, was different. You know, out here we'll ride, you can ride 50 or 60 miles. Um, but there, 15 miles is a tremendous hike. Yeah. Um, and so as a crow flies, you're not that far from the water, but to actually get there, it's a big deal. So I thought maybe it'd be good to talk a little bit about uh, you know, how you carry your water, how you decide how much you're going to need, um, and maybe visit some things I've abandoned. Like I've considered never uh, having a backpack on my bike because I just don't like it and other, other means of carrying like a bladder. Things like that. Yeah. It's definitely true. While we were out there, you know, water becomes one of the greatest concerns. And you, you think about that, and if you're used to riding in other locations, you probably think, you know, three liters of water sounds like a lot of water. It'll get you by. But if you're, there's a couple different things in, in the fact that we had situations out there where there wasn't water available for like a couple of days because we couldn't get as much distance as we originally thought. We might think we could easily ride 25 or 30 miles, but in that terrain, the riding, you know, riding 15 miles, 10 to 15 miles was was pretty uh, kind of kind of an average day, I guess I'd say overall because of the terrain, not be, uh, just because it was technical. I guess yeah. is maybe the word. Lots of pushing. Yeah, times when you just had to hike the bike. Second thing was is that majority of the things we were cooking with required in some way water to cook with as well. Not to mention your morning coffee and all those things that sometimes we might not take into consideration when we're, when we're planning out how much water we drink in a day. You might not think about you know, that cup and a half or two cups of water you use for coffee in the morning or that one cup of water you use or three quarters of a cup of water you might use making your oatmeal or whatever it is, drink mixes, you know, whatever your thing is. You always wind up using, I think, more water than you, than you anticipated. So that brings about just thinking about how do you carry water, how do you carry a lot of water, where do you resupply water, what's your technique for resupplying water, and there's like a myriad of ways to do it. And it, it's, it's bad, as, as we said, as any controversial subject out there, everybody's got their opinion on what they think. So what are, what's the method you started with, I guess, to start with? And then when you say you abandoned some things that you originally thought and moved on to something else, what, do you, what are your thoughts changing onto it? through a period where I would carry one or two you know, water bottles in a cage. And then, I, and then I became infatuated with bags. I wanted different bags and I wanted that space 
for other things, carrying my lock or a frame bag. And so I went from lots of water bottles to like a stock bottle, you know, a liter, liter and a half Nalgene, um, whatever. Um, and I thought, okay, what I could do then is if I need electrolyte solution, I'll mix it up on the fly or whatever, uh, stop and cook with it. And now I'm starting to drift back because, uh, because I, I don't know, I just realized that I don't always want to take the time to stop and mix and pour, so I'd like to have them ahead of time. So that puts me back to other, other water bottles, which means I need other cages. So I've got them all over the bike now, I'm trying to decide if I really like that, because they have to be accessible, right? Yep. Um, we were just having a conversation about guys that use bladders and maybe put them in a backpack or something, or in a frame bag. I had never considered that, because I, I, don't, I don't like uh, backpacking. And so I've kind of not considered that. Maybe I'm going to drift into that lane. Yeah, there's been a lot of recent articles I've been reading where folks have their own philosophy, and a lot of it depends on the type of riding you do. These are more what I would consider people who do world touring style stuff. So we're talking about guys who are loading up their bikes and they're traveling around the world continuously riding and touring. There are times, the article that in particular that I was reading was talking about how there are times where you don't, like depending on the geography that you're in, you may or may not need more water, sometimes more than others. And he was talking about, this particular author was talking about his philosophy about how to minimize what he had to carry when he didn't need it, but having the ability then to maximize it if he was in a dry or d desert area where he was going to need water or it wasn't as readily available. And his methodology was such that he could... Normally, he was carrying about three liters worth of water in bottles, and then he was supplementing the rest of his water reservoir carrying capacity with bladders. And he could carry up to, it was I think it was somewhere around a total of 15, 17 liters, something like that total, which is a lot of water. It sounds like a ton. It's a lot of weight, too, as we were talking about. Um, the interesting part about it was was that just that flexibility, and that's what kind of spoke to me a little bit. So when we started talking about this particular episode, maybe talking about water carrying and things like that, that you know, it's the bottles are convenient, but they're hard to manipulate and have all over the bike. Yeah. And the bladder, what this guy's philosophy was, is that he would dedicate his entire frame bag to bladder of bladders of water. And then when he didn't need it, he, they compressed down to nothing, you know, relatively yeah. speaking. And then he could, you know, have the ability to get to another location for supply. And he just talked about how he used that as his method to minimize the amount of stuff he had to kind of keep up with on his bike. Because we were talking earlier, you know, cages and bottles and stuff, depending on the terrain, some of the terrain's pretty, pretty rough and bumpy. Yeah. Those things will come out. Yeah, they'll fly, yeah. So it's something to consider maybe is how you carry your water. Um, I know a lot of guys like to carry the, the backpack with the water you know, system in it, the yeah. bladders on their back. I've never been a fan of that either because especially in hot weather around here, um, it's miserable to have that thing on your back. Yeah, just sticking to you. That's, that's part of the reason I don't like to, to backpack. Um, even in college, I'd carry a bag and I'm, you know, I just didn't like it, you know. Uh, it's probably why it's bad for your back, but I'd carry it on one shoulder or something else because I just didn't like that. But, I, you know, it makes sense to put it there up high, and I'm sure it's efficient. But, you know, maybe I would consider that, though, if I'm going on that kind of a tour where you just, you've got to have that kind of flexibility. 
Um, and I, I face that even more now. We've talked about how water's not as available right now because places are closed down during the pandemic. And so yep. I carry more water on my bike than I used to on, on the average ride. Uh, even in that, you know, where I might have just a couple liters, I'm still rearranging how I'm carrying those. But it's, but it's heavy. That's why I, I prefer to be able to replenish because, you know, I was just looking at that as 17 pounds. If that guy had 17, 17 liters, that's 35 plus pounds of water. Of water. Yeah. And where are you going to put it? I mean, you already have gear. You've got a tent and all kinds of stuff, you know, and that's if you're not carrying, you know, things for uh, cameras and things to kind of, you know, take video of. And, and that's just a ton. Right. So it's yeah. a real compromise. Something's got to go. Yeah, you're always going to be... You're always going to have something, you know, taking up weight, and water is one of the biggest that you can adjust depending on where you're at. And we've talked about when you're out in locations where you have access to water, even if, you, if you're not sure if it's clean, you've always got the option to use a Sawyer squeeze or some kind of a filter to filter water. Um, that's always an option as well. But none of these are really what I would call super convenient. So one of the things you talked about was the your concern was having to refill things all the time you know it's, it's true if you're even using a bladders or whatever uh, most of them you're going to have to probably stop and refill in out of one one thing into another and i know a lot of them have the the sort of the tube that you can come up and drink out of but i think most people like to have something they can just sort of sip out of throughout the day yeah. uh, not everybody's going to use the tubes and they're not convenient if they're in a frame bag and all that stuff sometimes so even though most of them have a tube slot or whatever. It's probably more sanitary too if you use that big thing as just your reservoir and then multiple people can can fill out of it in a pinch. You know, I would think about that, especially now we're talking about infection control and things. Right. I wanted to ask your thought <clears throat> about insulated containers because, you know, when it's hot, um, I've accepted the fact I'm not going to have a cold beverage unless I can stop somewhere. So I don't need an insulated water bottle for that. So I'm okay. And honestly, you can then probably have a larger volume of water if you just get a, you know, just re reuse your your clear water bottles from the store or something, the smart water bottles or something. That's what I I kind of prefer. I think the smart water bottles are good. I've been using an Under Armour sort of like a sports bottle, only because it has a push button top, so you can hit this button and the cap flips open, and and it's purely for the sanitary function of not having to touch the lid. Yeah. with my hands because mm -hmm. if I'm out riding especially in this time with all the virus stuff my objective is to, to you know not everyone tells you with the CDC stuff don't touch your mouth your eyes your nose keep your hands away from it so I was using this Under Armour sports bottle that you can hit the hit this button and the top flips open and in fact it's right there if you want to grab it in that bag oh, this. yeah but so I've been using something just like this sports bottle and this is not quite a liter it's a little under a liter but you can just press the button and the top flips open and it's not insulated or anything and then I just refill it out of my other bottles but I, I kind of prefer to have a just cheap bottles honestly most of the ones I use are those smart water bottle one liter smart water bottles yeah. or something like that so what I use the lids kind of crack, but this like because it doesn't have a straw. The straws go in those bottles; they're always you losing them or something. Yeah, this just uh, has more of just a kind of an open tube at the top that you can drink out of, screw on top, and it it snaps. And then it has a lock that you can lock it closed if you want to. Although 
It's pretty secure like it is, but if you were riding somewhere where there was a lot of bouncing or jostling, it's fine. But like I said, it's not real big. It doesn't hold as much as a, a one liter smart water. It's less than a liter in size, but I use it for you know mixing drink mixes because um, I like that stuff. Sometimes I feel like I need a, a little zip of energy. I can put one of those caffeinated drink mixes in and chug some of that. That seems to be helpful. So that way I save my other bottles for just clear water. And sometimes you don't want that drink mix. Sometimes you just want a clean drink of water. Just water, yeah. So you need something kind of separated. Yeah, so sometimes they use too sweet. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they're too sugary too or taste too sweet or whatever. But yeah. I don't I don't really usually carry an insulated unless, like, if I'm, if I'm out in the morning and I want to take a ride with coffee, I'll throw this in there sometimes with the snap lid just to keep my coffee in there. But other than that, I don't normally ride with an insulated mug. Well, there's something else that's kind of a cold... Uh, you know, cold weather thing too, you think about. Here, you know, we have stretches of time where, you know, if you're out long enough, your water will freeze. <laughs> it's true. So it's another thing about the insulated things. I don't spend that much time in the cold. Yeah, no, I mean, that is something to think about, I guess. We don't normally have that much of an issue because we don't normally, again, spend that much time in the cold, but uh, you do have to think about that. I know that there were times when we've been out and it's been close to cold, or freezing temperatures that I've brought the water bottles in the tent with me. Just a little bit of insulation even right there with your body heat will keep usually something from freezing most of the time, but not always. This is just something you gotta think about though. Yeah. Yeah, well I've seen a bunch of folks on Instagram that are taking multi-day camping trips in the cold and I you know, that thought kind of makes just makes me shiver thinking about it because I'm a little bit of a baby now. But, yeah, no, but, it's... Uh, uh, they talk about melting snow and yeah. <laughs> things and I don't know that I would I don't know that I'd spend much time. Yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily uh, how I like to ride. In fact, we were just talking about that, that even when the weather's gotten a little bit chilly, 40 degrees, 43 degrees, I'm kind of like, ooh, I don't want to have to put gear on. Mm -hmm. Get lazy during that time of year and stuff and don't want to have to put stuff on. So it's kind of part of it. But I, I think, you know, there are so many options out there for water as far as ways to carry it and um, store it. Yeah. It's the bladders tend to become a popular thing. My only concern about those things, you know, I've, I've traditionally I've carried water in Nalgene bottles on the forks, mm -hmm. in anything cages or wide foot cages and things like that. And that's something we should talk about sometimes. Do a podcast on cages even. But I've carried Nalgenes and I love those things because I just don't worry about them. Yeah. The Nalgene bottles are so tough. Mm -hmm. I've got one that's just beat up and yeah. the, the labels are all worn off of it and the lid's got a little melted spot on it, which I have no idea how that even happened, but it did. Um, it's just, you know, and it's still, they just don't leak. And that's the thing, when I think about bladders, that's the thing that I think about is, what if it leaks? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be prepared for that. And all of the guys who have had frame bags out there, you all know that if you have one that, isn't completely waterproof and it does get damp inside, it takes forever for that to dry. Oh, I think so, yeah. Uh, so this, you know, Ortley bag up here on the wall is waterproof, completely waterproof. And I've never got had anything get wet inside. But to think about the fact if a water bladder was to leak in waterproof there. Waterproof from the inside out it too. Would, it's waterproof <laughs> on the inside too. So you're talking about a swimming pool in yeah. there, basically. So anything you have in there with it, of course, I guess if you're carrying water in there, maybe that's about the only thing you're going to put in it because that's where the majority of your weight's going to be. But you would, you would want to be 
cautious about putting other stuff in there. Like, don't put your food in there yeah. with a water bladder because I would just be concerned they might leak or whatever. Yeah, put your tortillas in there with the water. There are numerous <laughs> companies that are making those bladders. I know Platypus and lots of different people. Uh, everybody and their brother has the water bladder uh, bags out there. I just, I don't have much experience with them recently. The last time I ever used one was just on a camping trip years ago. And I didn't have any trouble with it, but... Yeah. I think I'm experiment with them at some point. Yeah, and I, I know I've, had, I've heard some people talk about that some of the water bladders, they've kind of felt like left the taste to the water a yeah, little bit. Yeah. It's the other thing about Nalgene's or, um, you know, I, I never pick up any taste out of those. I know some people don't like the, the plasticky bottles, even though Nalgene's are supposed to be, you know, um, is it BPA free or whatever they call it. Um, some people like the clean canteen bottles, the, the metal ones, you know. They're, they're expensive, though. I mean, they're shocking. Uh, those one-liter size, I think, is about $35. That's more expensive than Nalgene's. Yeah. But they look cool, and they're tough. and yeah. They probably don't gather the scratches and stuff that Nalgene does. You know, they yeah. get all scratched, even from your, your hardware in the bike. You yeah. know, they get, and maybe that just adds to the rugged nature of the, of the rig. It's but. kind of the character of it. But yeah, you're yeah. right. They, they probably weather a little better and, and maybe they, I don't know. You know, I guess if you're, I don't know if it makes any difference temperature-wise of the water that's in them. You know, Nalgene versus stainless steel. I guess the stainless steel would probably pick up the temperature a little bit faster, but there's probably not much difference. Yeah. But it's like you said, when you're riding, you just got to kind of take what you can get temperature-wise. You're not going to have a cold, a crispy cold drink Right. When you arrive to some location, if yeah. it's 95 degrees outside, it's going to be lukewarm <laughs> water, 90s, basically, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. So you got to deal with that. But, yeah, so it's, I mean, I don't know. Water is a, a difficult thing to figure out how you're going to carry it all and what the. Yeah, and what you're going to need. I think that's probably the hardest part. So if you're in the type of riding you're doing, if you're world touring, you have to be able to be flexible. It's one other thing. Let's say, you know, I'm a little bit medical-minded because of this, because of my, my, my day job, right? But this all assumes you don't have to irrigate a wound or you didn't have to rinse something out of your eye because you could easily go through a liter in a first aid situation, you know? Not to mention we've all been on bike rides where it was muddy mm-hmm. and you had something in the, in the drivetrain. Yeah, and you, you had to rinse use, somehow, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, worst case scenario, you want to minimize having to use your clean drinking water to, to rinse something. But if you if your gear's breaking down, you might not have a choice. But again, I guess if it's that muddy, there's bound to be water somewhere. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, you yeah. can, you're gonna have water somewhere. So yeah. with a water filter, yeah. uh, even though you don't want to run muddy water through them if you don't have to. But uh, you know, we used the Sawyer squeezes out in uh, Texas, and I was impressed with how they work. It's 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 not fast. No. It can't be in a hurry. But, I mean, really, it wasn't slow either. Like, no. it, it wasn't like you were waiting hours for your water to drip through something. I mean, you just you got to really kind of roll the sheet and squeeze it through the filter. But it, You know, the only thing that I found to be a little bit of an issue was, um, right, because as far as cross-contamination, you don't want to submerge it in something necessarily because then the outside is in contact with the water that's not filtered. And you need... A fair bit of flow. So if you're at a real slow running spring, you've got to really kind of have a have a way to get that in there, and then you're still getting it on the outside of the thing, you know. So yeah. 
it was actually just a little bit of a technical issue there. Yeah, you're trying to avoid cross-contamination, uh, and sometimes that's kind of hard. But, you know, worst case scenario, even they have the straws that you can stick on there and stick the thing down in the water and, and, and drink right through it, the life straws and all that kind of stuff. And those things really, while they don't filter viruses, which is you know, a big thing now, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think most people worry about viruses, getting viruses. You're most worried about, you know, the other nasties that are going to hurt the body. The virus stuff, okay, maybe. And... Sawyer now makes a, a, a product to address that. So basically what it is, is it's a bottle, kind of like this, only it's a squeezy, squishy bottle, squeezes. And inside is this like cartridge thing that's kind of like a sponge. And you fill it with water, and it has then a filter on the top too, one of these Sawyer filters on the top. And you squeeze the bottle and it, run, it forces the water through this spongy okay. material that kills the viruses. <laughs> I don't know how it does that. But then you squeeze it out of the, you, know, you put the filter on the top, then you squeeze it out of there through the filter into the yeah. drinking bottle you're going to use. And the, the spongy thing that's inside is good for like 400 containers, which it's about this size, it looks like, of, of water. Yeah. 400 uses, basically. Okay. For the virus part. Yeah. Now, we all know the, the, the Sawyer squeeze is supposed to be good for 100,000 gallons. Yeah, you can't. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't, can't imagine using like, it. Would, it would take you years. Much. I mean, as much as most people use them, yeah. it would take you years to use 100,000 gallons of actual water through one of those Filtered things. Filtered water, yeah. And, yeah. you know, as long as if it starts to act up, you can back, you're supposed to back flush them, which it's important to remember that if you're back flushing a Sawyer squeeze, you want to back flush with filtered water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's not obvious to everyone, but you, you definitely don't want to use dirty water to back flush your filter with. So, I mean, that's something they kind of highlight on their material as well, is be sure to clean and back flush your, your filter with the clean water, not, you know, yeah. used water. So, there's so many options out there. Um, back in the day when, when I would do backpacking hiking trip you know we had one of the squeeze pump ones in the early days and it was uh, the one I used was from pure the company PUR it had like an iodine matrix filter in it and you'd plop this little rubber it had a rubber hose and you plop this little thing with a floater in your water source and it would draw from that and you'd just sit there and squeeze this thing and on the other end was a was a charcoal filter to kind of help remove tastes mm -hmm. and it would just kind of like pump this thing and it was squirting out clean water on the other end. But, you know, the problem with that was that that thing was 20, it's probably 20 years ago now, and it had, you couldn't buy the filters for them anymore. In other words, they had changed the product over time and those filters were no longer available. So you have this device that's no longer usable. Yeah. But practically speaking, you can't beat the size and weight of the Sawyer Squeeze and how easy it is to use. Yeah, for how affordable. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, they're really affordable. A lot of backpacking, bikepacking people. Um, well, if you guys are familiar with uh, Ryan Van Duzer, if you watch his channel, he just uses iodine tablets. He doesn't have a filter at all. Okay. That's his thing. And his thing is, is that, you know, he spent a fair amount of time in Honduras on mission trips and he was with the Peace Corps and that's what they trained them to do was to use iodine tablets and so that's what he continues to do to this day is 
because he says it's light, it's small, he carries a little container, throw a tablet in there, yeah. shake it up, wait 30 minutes or whatever the time is for it to kill off everything in there, and that's what he does. So everybody's got their thing. Iodine's still a very valuable and popular thing, and you know it's going to work if you follow the dosage. Yeah. You know, one tablet for 16 ounces, I think, or something like that. So those are still popular too, you know, just carry a yeah. little... I've never used a little round glass thing, and some people I've I've not used it much either. I mean, the closest thing was that iodine matrix filter, but that had a charcoal filter to filter out taste. Because some people say iodine leaves a taste in the water a little bit, but I yeah. guess if you want safe drinking water, and if anybody follows Van Duzer, he just kind of went through before all of this nonsense with the virus. He was in Mexico yeah. doing the Baja divide a little bit, so that's what he was using down there. The most important thing is, is don't trust water sources. Yeah. So yeah. perfect example. When we're in Big Bend, yeah. we're riding along and we're trying to get to this spring location where there's a water source and it's a spring water and you're thinking, oh yeah, cool. It comes out of, comes out of the ground. There's a spring. But the problem was, is right before we get there, we see a herd of wild donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and they're hanging around this water source, you know, because it's a water source in the middle of the desert. And you know these donkeys don't care where they take a dump, where they take a leak. <laughs> yeah. So, and you don't know the start of the spring necessarily because we're, you know, it's running through the, through the mountains there. So you don't know if upstream they're up there taking a dump and all this stuff. And that's how these things happen, right? Yeah, Is yeah. that animals or humans. Right. There's yeah. some crazy individuals out there that do things they shouldn't do as well. They're defecating in the water somewhere upstream it flows down and you drink the water and you get some nasty bug yeah and you're and you're already in a situation with not much water to rehydrate yourself yeah and then you're going to be bailing off the bike and using up all your toilet paper if you brought it in if you remember to bring it if you remember to bring it which is a whole <laughs> other story sometimes yeah anyway i think water sources though that's a carrying water is a big deal staying hydrated is important and so figuring out your water carrying situations a deal, of course, but you just got to figure out what works for you, I think. And I think maybe it's one of those things that it's just going to change depending on how you're riding and where you're riding yeah. and what you're doing. For what we're doing around here, throwing some water bottles and some cages on there, maybe that's good enough for what you do. Yeah, yeah. I just, even though we're kind of stuck here, I'm, I'm still kind of dreaming about some long trips and some exotic places uh, that may or may not have some, you know, I want to ride, I want to go back to the desert. I, wanna, I would love to go to uh, New Mexico and right down there and camp, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would, landlocked for a while. I right? would love to hear what other people's water carrying solutions are too. So if you have things that you're doing, what works for you for carrying large amounts of water, or what's your what's your daily driver style water carrying solution on your bike? Uh, leave us comments or whatever. I'd like to know what everybody else is doing. But for for us, it's kind of been we've kind of flipped moved around between cages and bottles. Uh, we like the feed bags. I'm a fan of those, the Revelate feed bags, just to be able to put bottles in, but they're also good for snacks and all kinds of things. We've done Nalgene's and different <laughs> yeah. different fork cages and, and hauled and refilled. We've done it different ways. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear some input about the bladders, um, different creative solutions to put those in and, and decide. If you're on a long trip and you don't need it anymore, you know, is it is it... How easy is it to store? Do you need to dry it out so it doesn't get moldy? You know, I don't know anything about that. 
So yeah, I have little experience with the bladders. Like I said, I, I don't know what the long-term cleaning, drying, using, leaks, not leaks, what do you like, what do you not like? I'd love to hear what people think about that. It is an interesting alternative and certainly putting it in a frame bag would be nice from the perspective of having it centralized weight-wise in the bike. I think that's kind of a cool idea. But I know a lot of guys, especially mountain bike guys, they wear the little, what's the brand that everybody's using? Oh, I can't no, think I can't of remember it. now. Anyway. You, you mentioned Platypus as well. Platypus was one, but this is, that's not the company I'm thinking of. But anyway, everybody out there will remember the brand that I can't think of. But they wear these little backpacks, and then they might throw some snacks in it Camelback. too. Camelback. Camelback, that's, that's it. it. Okay. They might put some snacks in there and stuff too, but a lot of those guys wear those bike, those back packs because they don't have racks and stuff on their mountain bikes they're just doing day trips and, and stuff like that so i understand that that's a good solution for them because talk about jumping and bouncing and oh yeah around yeah. i mean we were watching some video last night when these guys are doing crazy stuff and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so they can't have all that stuff on their bike they're not touring though yeah. so maybe that's you know a, again it comes down to use case what are you doing with your stuff our stuff has all been mainly mainly touring so yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anything else on that? No, I don't think so. Covered enough. It doesn't take long to exhaust my knowledge of that. No, it's true <laughs> because we're just trying different things and, and trying to share what we've done and tried and what we liked and didn't like. So whatever you can share that you've done and tried and liked and didn't like and why you chose what you chose is important. And I guess, like we said, it comes down to how everybody is using their, their bike our stuff has always been, most of the time, honestly, we've always had access to some water or sources or whatever, even if it meant pulling over at a, at a convenience store and buying a bottle of water. But most convenience stores even let you come in and refill water bottles and stuff. Yeah. So that really hasn't normally been a problem. And on the trails, that, a lot of the trails we ride, there's water sources along them. Just open a spigot and yeah. Yeah. access to clean water. Texas was our first experiment with not having access to mm -hmm. water yeah. And it being harder to find than we anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the issues there. So anyway, thanks for watching. This will be on YouTube. It's on Anchor. They distribute it to lots of different podcasts. Leave us a review if you haven't. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, subscribe. We'll have more stuff coming out. Appreciate you following along, and we'll see you again soon.